Hello and welcome to episode 85 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Off-Topic Podcast. I'm Mike Solosi, Monsoon on the Boards, and we have a very special podcast partner for you here today, Peter Treisenberg. Hi everyone, Peter Treisenberg, I have Fury on the Boards. Now Peter, um, over a year ago, you and I were on an episode of Retro Encounter together uh, with some other people, and we talked about uh, Khan Gao's to the moon, which is a it's an indie RPG visual novel kind of game that was, uh, I think composed an RPG maker. And yep, we had, we had a real nice time talking about it. Both you and I liked that game a lot. That was a really good game. It was probably one of my favorite games we covered for the podcast. Uh, super sad, super emotional, good time. So today we're here to talk about the follow up to to the moon in a special mini episode, a bird story, which is, um, done not exactly the same way To the Moon is, because uh, um, To the Moon had the trappings of a group of scientists entering a man's psyche to sort of unpack his memories and um, and reconfigure, in them, reconfigure them somewhat so that uh, the, old ma- the dying old man would have a positive memories before he passed. And uh, a bird story is not set up quite the same way. This is just a story... That is, um, that is definitely a memory of of someone, but is uh, but is done in sort of almost a magical realism kind of uh, unusual st- method of storytelling, but without but without dialogue and only very very simple interactions, like turning off light switches and gra- and uh, picking up and putting down items. Now, and I believe it's set in the same world as To the Moon, but it is a separate, unconnected story. Otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the the kid from uh, a bird story, um, Colin, uh, is the uh, he's going to be the new uh, patient in Finding Paradise, uh, the right. To the Moon sequel that's supposed to come out later this summer. Um, right. Yeah, I right. just I checked the uh, Steam listing for Finding Paradise just less than an hour ago, and it it says summer 2017. So we may get an announcement about that soon. I'm fingers crossed. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one, right. but uh. As you said, bird stories are really it's it it, it is in the it's in the same universe, quote unquote. But um, other than the tangential connection to Finding Paradise, uh, it's not like there's really any uh, there's not really a whole lot else to connect it. It's a very very self-contained story, yes, um, told in a very unique manner. Yeah, and um, and also it's not very long. I beat it in I think an hour and fifteen minutes or something. I uh, I I finished it yesterday uh, yesterday evening, and I was a little surprised at how short it was. I thought I would have to do like half yesterday and half this morning before we record, but it was uh, it was really easy to finish in one sitting. Yeah, but it's uh it you move around uh, just like to the moon. It, it it resembles maybe a mid '90s Super Nintendo game in uh, in a lot of ways, but it's. Like the setting and the art looks like to the moon, but it's really just a very simple um, move around, interact with objects game that you that I, I think is maybe incredibly easy to compare to a movie or a long episode of television because there's the interaction is limited and really it's about the the storytelling and the atmosphere and the music. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison to make, and especially uh, since there's no dialogue, which is um, a storytelling conceit you don't really see at, very often in games. Like even when even in something like To the Moon, where um, I think the best point of the best thing you could call it is a, a point and click adventure game. 
mm-hmm. which I mean, Bird Story falls into the same category. But even then, a big part of those adventure games and or visual novels or stuff like that is you're reading text. You know, you're, that's their main way of delivering the story. Um, but for a Bird Story, um, your gameplay interactions will trigger the next scene. But the scenes are told pretty much entirely through uh, the sprites, uh, uh, the expression expressions that they're making. Like, you know, they'll do the little, like, uh, like sad, sad look down at the floor thing from FF6 or something. <laughs> and um, the soundtrack um, music conveys a whole bunch of the story in this one, too. Yeah, and the uh, the game's director and lead designer, Kan, Kan Gao, also composed the music for this game. And it's really, really impressive. I uh, it, it, The instrumentation was usually pretty limited. Mo- a lot of the songs were solo piano. Some of them used small ensemble. There was one like strings <laughs> with a clarinet bit that I really liked. But it's just taking in the scenes with the music, um, and having the music communicate a lot of the action, almost like a almost like a Tom and Jerry cartoon or something, was, <laughs> was just so impressive. I was I was I would paw, I would stand in place and listen to the music a lot in this game. Small confession here: this was my first time playing a bird story, but uh, two or two and a half years ago, when I was writing my entry for a music of the year feature. I was I I only had really three things I liked or something, and I wanted a fourth and a fifth game, so I just listened to a bunch of soundtracks to a bunch of games for that year, and I <laughs> and I found the A Bird Story soundtrack and just loved it. I listened to probably yeah I think I listened to the whole thing through like it was a concept album or something, and just liked it so much that I included it in my music of the year for that year without ever having played the game, which is a shame because mm-hmm. I could have played the game in ninety minutes. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's good standalone listening. Um, the soundtrack uh, comes with comes with the game, and uh, you can and uh, yeah, I've listened. I've had that as background music for just writing and stuff. It's, it's really uh, pretty, and um, it, it's super good. And almost all the tracks are mellow, other than I think like the one. <laughs> Do you remember the scene uh, near the middle of the game where the uh, the teacher and the veterinarian are uh, trying to chase after the main character? <laughs> <laughs> and you jump on them like a Goomba. <laughs> well, it, before then, you, you're, um, you're like uh, dashing and um, between ends of the screen and through doors that exit into other doors. It's like it's like, it's like a, a Scooby Doo um, chase scene or something. Yeah, it's it, that, that's the one bit where it gets it gets super goofy. Yeah, that's the, that's the one time where the music isn't mellow and beautiful and just sort of goes into madcap xylophone nonsense. But it's a <laughs> it, it's a really really great soundtrack and. Um, Anyone that uh, plays this game or is even curious about this game, I recommend listening to it. And it's even better in context than as a standalone to listen. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, Peter, can you give me a very, very, uh, uh, very, very abridged version of the plot to this story? Um, in just a couple sentences, and spoiler alert to, to everyone, this is we're going to spoil a, the 90-minute game that you could might as well just play for yourself. Well... The, the the premise of of Bird Story is pretty simple. Um, you you play as a little boy. Um, and uh, he's uh very lonely. Um, you get uh context clues through the story. He you know that you know he lives with his mom, but the mom's never home. Uh, doesn't really seem to have many friends. Um, or any friends. Um, and uh, but one day, uh, ends up finding an injured bird. Um, uh, the bird's wing has been damaged. He chase it's being attacked by some badgers. <laughs> uh, uh, he gets the so he ends up taking it home and taking care of it and they end up uh, forming a, a friendship and he ends up kind of opening up a little bit more and um, and this is all told through um, 
the aforementioned lack of di- the aforementioned lack of dialogue means that this is all told through context clues um in the environment and through um these kind of surrealistic I, I hesitate to call them dream sequences, but like every the whole the whole game's world is just kind of like this kind of surrealistic like I, I, experience. I, I, yeah, I compared it to magical realism, which is you know a yeah. a, a storytelling technique that's used by uh, oh what's his name Gabriel Garcia Marquez and a bunch of other and a bunch of other famous authors, but basically mm-hmm. it it has fantastical elements that are treated as if they were everyday occurrences like um yeah. there's there's one a couple scenes where he makes a giant paper airplane by um, yeah those yeah but by, by like by um combining notebook pages together and then they go fly around the sky and like explore floating islands and stuff but that happens that, that doesn't happen as a dream necessarily or as and and magic doesn't exist in this world it's just you know it just sort of happens that way it's and more I, it, it's more meant to convey a feeling and yes it, and and you it, and it gives you um sort of um when when moments that are when real moments in the story do happen um such as taking the bird to the vet or um attending classes or just walking around your home um when you get home when you get back from school um they're often interspersed with these surreal moments that kind of they kind of are, it's like a child using imagination to escape uh the doldrums of reality kind of yeah it's yeah. um I, I think it's basically uh, a memory colored by imagination because there, at, near the beginning of the game, uh, it's made clear that this is a memory because there's a, a sequence where you're walking backwards and ti- and, uh, and there's clocks running backwards um, mm-hmm. as uh, before he meets the bird even, which makes me think, okay, this is someone remembering this and not a story told linearly necessarily. And yeah. because this is a memory, he a lot of his memories with the bird are – you know, like uh, are are fly, are flying through the sky on gi- giant paper airplanes, or floating down from uh, his apartment building, Mary with an umbrella, Mary Poppins style. <laughs> Mary Poppins. I'm Mary y'all. Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Guardians Two was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed Guardians Two a lot. It was uh, I, I, there was more Yondu in that movie than I expected, but I but it was welcomed because everyone in that movie did a great job. But uh, all right, okay, enough Guardians too. Um, so there's like there's these fantastical ma- magical realism elements in the story that I think are basically someone remembering this event from his childhood, and uh, and his imagination is you know making ma- making some normal things that happened very surreal. That and it's, it's really it's it's beautiful and fun. It's uh, sometimes a little surprising, but. Uh, I I really enjoyed everything about this game's storytelling and vibe, and I'm and I'm glad that you sort of poked me into into playing it, Peter, because it was um I think, I think it was at that um the to the moon episode you brought up a bird story and recommended we play it, and I did not listen to you for a year, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and then and, and played it just uh just now, and and that and that discussion that um that podcast episode was after I had probably over a year after I had I had written that um, music of the year feature so yeah this is just a beautiful game with beautiful music that is just a really sweet sad story I mean I uh, right at the end of the game he uh, he, he loses the bird in, in a in a 
in a really dramatic scene where his paper airplane that he's flying on falls, but probably he was just running from his teacher and and lost the and, and fell or something. I don't know what I don't know how to decode how it actually happened, but he loses the yeah. bird, and it looks like the bird is picked up by one of its friends, and then they have a brief reunion, and then he sets the he removes the sling from the bird's healed wing, and then he sets him free, and I that was just beautiful. That was. It's a real, it's a really, uh, really touching ending sequence, and you have to, you know, you have to press the arrow keys to like, mm-hmm. you know, let it go, and then the music kind of swells, and it's like, you know, it's 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 just it's really good at conveying like, it's a simple story, but it it manages to convey so much with what it with what it has. Yeah, one of the and few then, instances where I uh, I welcomed a uh, a quick time event, <laughs> active time event, yeah, a quick time quick time event. You're right. It's one of the few times I have ever welcomed a quick time event <laughs> when you're removing the bird's sling and then pushing him to the sky to set him free. That was mm-hmm. that was really beautiful. Yeah, when it's used uh, in mo- in moderation, you can use it. That that can be a pretty effective way to just Im- you know immerse the player in a scene and give give them a bit of interaction to. To maximize the impact of it, rather than just press X to escape from Boulder or press X to punch Boulder in Resident Evil's case, but or or press X in exactly this number of times in these sequences to dodge this dude that you're in the middle of a knife fight knife fight with. <laughs> in a way, it takes you out of the action if you have to focus on button presses, unless it's um unless it's taken to a to an extreme like in uh, Asura's Wrath or something. Mm-hmm. Where, where they they you know lampoon uh, quick time events, but th- th- this is th- these were very cute, sweet quick time events that are, and there was enough gamey things in this to make it a video game and not a uh, and not a movie composed in RPG maker. Mm-hmm. And then of course, um, right right after that scene too, um, is when you you get the last bit of uh of the, it's pretty much the game's one tie in to, to to the moon immediately is where it um. It, it sort of pull it um, after the after the boy goes back. He goes back into his room after letting the bird free, and then it start. It shows the um, the timeline thing from To the Moon, where at, into the moon, um, you would start at old man Johnny and then work back in through his life. But here it starts at the little kid and then like shows the entire thing, and then the the title of the next game, Finding Paradise, shows up. Right, and and, and the, like if you've played To the Moon and then play this game, and you'll immediately recognize that timeline, and it'll be clear that the boy who whose name we do not know, um, it's a Colin, I think, but that's okay. from the that's from the description of Finding Paradise, oh, okay. not, not mentioned in the game ever. Yeah, I think you mentioned Colin earlier in this discussion, and, I, and it, and it yeah. went in one ear and out the other to me, I guess. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they never mentioned the um, the boy's name in the game. There's I, I, even when he looks at the note from his parents. Or maybe just his mom. It uh, it's it's faded out, and you can't read the script. And it's, oh man, how sad is it that every that every time he takes a, he takes the note off the refrigerator, that his parents won't be there that night or whatever it whatever it says. He puts it on a pile of other notes. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's just one of those little details where it's just like, oh man. It's like, oh man, this kid's this kid really is alone. And then um. But but you're right. Um, you mentioned earlier that he opens up by having the bird because there's scenes of him taking the bird to show and tell, and then uh, and then like other kids in the playground um, like checking out his bird, and then later when he doesn't have the bird, he's still talking and hanging out with the kids. So it's like oh mm-hmm. he's, oh he's not devastated by this. He's he's a changed person because because he had the bird, it, and him taking care of the bird all this time uh, changed him as a person. 
and, and it's really mm-hmm. and it's and it's done briefly and without dialogue. And, and I, they, they, I'm, I'm so they also have uh, yeah they also have um and then you see like um at the beginning of the game almost every other person in the environment is just kind of a faded out silhouette mm-hmm. but um they become more defined uh, as you go through the game um and once the, once he starts talking to them and you know showing off the bird and by the by the end of it they're actually like like it's it's like it's like his cog- it, it, persona five is is fresh on the brain still. But um, it's like his cognition has changed. But uh, it's just yeah, it's just an interesting little touch just for conveying um, the sense that something has changed. I yes, I I, I agree. It's the uh, no, you were talking about context clues earlier in the game. The, the the context clues in the apartment and at the school uh, like reflect his his mental state a little bit. It, it's um it's. Mm-hmm. Like the apartment's less lonely, and the and there's more light and more uh, and more color when he has the bird and is clearly happy, and uh, mm-hmm. when it, when it was really a lot of beiges and grays uh, for the beginning and and for the beginning of the game and the end, but shortly before he loses the bird, and but before the bird uh, um, revisits him again, yeah, it, I I don't really know how how much there how much else we need to talk about this game because it's it's not long, it's this brief. You know, poem of light and sound with no words, but enough interaction to make it a game and not and not a a short film. Yeah, I mean, best I can say is just play it. It's 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 you know it's it's an hour of it's an hour of entertainment. It's something unique to the medium that you don't very see you don't see very often. And it, it barely costs anything. I mean, uh, how much is yeah. how much is it on Steam now? Like six dollars or something? Yeah, it's it, it's it's not it's not much at all. It's um. I mean, it's and and like if to the moon is another like kind of like short sit down experience. Even to the moon takes at least like three to four hours. But uh, yeah, I, I double checked. Uh, a bird story is four dollars when it's not on sale, and six dollars if you include the soundtrack, which I recommend. Yes, do it. <laughs> and uh, we're and we're getting another one of these very soon in Finding Paradise, which is listed for summer twenty seventeen, but I, which I think I mentioned already. But. Yeah. Peter, I want more games like this. <laughs> Me too. I, I I really I really have enjoyed um, Kangao. What what I've played of Kangao's work, I did this, this kind of minimalist storytelling approach, just kind of exploring exploring these interesting themes and conveying them in a, a an art style. I think we as RPG fans are just like super fond of that. Uh, that's just six, gorgeous sixteen bit artwork. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I think part of our attachment to this game is because you and I have been playing RPGs for many years. Mm-hmm. And we're extremely comfortable in the med- in the medium and have some affection for 16-bit games. So playing this really beautiful story, which is uh, a very nice story that's incredibly that's that feels very crafted, especially with the musical and uh, accompaniment involved, uh, be- because we like that kind of story to- of. Of, we like that kind of game, or at least that kind of art style. Having this really beautiful story communicated to us like a 16-bit RPG just makes it that much more fun and, and satisfying to us. Yeah, for sure. I I, 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 can't, I can't recommend these games enough. It's just, yeah. yeah so, he, I'm really glad. But um, on, the, on the flip side of what I just said, let's say you had a friend who enjoys... Uh, who who enjoys stories and and movies like this? Maybe someone who's somewhat artistic minded, uh, 
but is not interested in video games and doesn't play video games. Do you think this would be a good um, a, a good gift to that person or something you would encourage a person like that to try? Well, if they weren't playing video games, then giving it a, a gift on Steam might be a little difficult. Okay, but I, see, I, see the, I see the folly <laughs> in that suggestion now. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Um, I actually did get somebody um, I know, not to play a bird story, but to play to the moon. Um, okay. It was my, my, uh, my girlfriend uh, played through to the moon. Um, and your, and your girlfriend did not play dozens of hours of Super Nintendo RPGs like you and I. No, uh, no, she she got into she she. I mean, she's played she plays Pokemon and um, a few and some some other games, but she's not she's not like a big time big time video game person. Not really. Sure. So and uh, but she but she liked To the Moon. But she yeah she really liked To the Moon. Like we we got to um, the one and that one sequence near the end uh, probably. I won't say anything more on that. And we're, you we're, should, we're listen, both you just should like, listen to that to the moon episode, which I believe was recorded in February or March of 2016. <laughs> yeah. Give it, give, give that a listen to hear our thoughts on that. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, we were, we were both just like, it's so good to cry. like uh, yeah, I was legit ugly crying at that one part of that, at one part of the moon. And, um, uh, I would say birds, a bird story would be, um, I think if, if you could if you could talk someone into playing a game like To the Moon and you'd be like you, you know you have an hour to set aside and you're like hey I want you to experience this uh this short little narrative thing that doesn't require a whole lot of it doesn't require really any um you know twitchy input or like a certain degree like the skill barrier for games like this is like non-existent. Yeah, it, so. like again, there's a few moments in it. That really are are video gamey. Like a, a a a control pad will indicator will appear when you have to move somewhere, or like a, when you're flying the giant paper airplane, it'll show it shows you how to control the airplane. And there's one mm-hmm. sequence, but it's never unclear. No, no, no. It's it's always communicated clearly. And there's um <laughs> there's one sequence I liked where you're playing with the bird and just jumping through puddles. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a little puddle counter <laughs> that appears for you and the bird, and you can't move on with the story until you've jumped through however many, maybe like six or eight puddles. And that, and that was, it was a very video gamey moment. It's like, oh, I have to jump through eight puddles to you know complete this quest or whatever. But it was, uh, and and it, but it didn't really take you out of the the fun, you know, the fun atmosphere of the moment. And it just it, it was just one brief reminder that oh right, I'm playing a video game and I'm not watching a machinima or something mm-hmm. so yeah this a bird story comes with a hearty recommendation from both peter and i and uh we also recommend you play to the moon and look forward to checking out finding paradise in uh hopefully a month or two because uh, we're recording this episode in may but and we don't have a, a release date for for finding paradise yet but hopefully we get one soon because i'm I'm more excited for that game than I ever have been right now, having oh for sure, <laughs> yeah, having played uh, a bird story twelve hours ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely. I'm I'm hoping we hear some more information on it soon. Maybe at E3, I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't... they had a, they had a booth they had a booth for like oh, indie indie Steam releases last year. Well, so. they they did. They had um they've had the uh, the IndieCade at E3 the past two years, I think. And mm-hmm. um, and I remember some games were would, were there two years ago and not there last year, like uh, and we we even to for one of our meetings we uh, looked at an indie game that was just uh, just on like the lobby of one of the of one of the main buildings instead of a booth because they didn't they didn't want to pay for a booth that year, is uh, mm-hmm. when we when we looked at Pyre last year. 
Oh yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, but so maybe there'll be an E3 thing. I think it's probably le- more likely that he's they're working on just put, putting the game out, so it'll probably just be a announcement a few weeks before it comes out, and then it'll be available. But mm-hmm. regardless, I am going to play that thing on or buy that thing week one or so because a bird story was so beautiful and so adorable. I, I didn't quite, I wasn't quite reduced to tears, but maybe there was a sniffle or two. It didn't, it didn't hit me like like a Lufia too, <laughs> but. <laughs> That that game, even just thinking about the credits of that game, makes me just makes me sad. But uh, I've never um, played Luffy too. But that yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good. it's a very good Super Nintendo game, and it has the saddest ending I've ever experienced in a video game, personally. Oh man! But it's 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 great. It's also the only good Luffy game, so you can just skip all the other ones and go straight to two. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I, I I I don't think I I don't have any anything any. Any information to dispute that with? I'm, sure. I'm, and also, don't and, 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 like even the Lufia Two remake on DS isn't good. Just just play the original Lufia Two Listen and forget to the soundtrack. it. And forget <laughs> everything about the series. It does have a good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but anyway, enough about Lufia Two and Guardians of the Galaxy, and maybe also a bird story. And unless we have some uh, anything about a bird story you want to uh, address before we go into our uh, into our outro housekeeping? Nope, I don't. I don't have any other final thoughts. Play it. Agreed. Play it. That's my thing. A bird story's good. So, thank you, Peter, for talking to me with about bird story for several minutes, and thank you, listeners, for listening to Peter and I have that conversation. If you wanna, uh, if you wanna interact with us, that you can email us at retro at rpgfan.com, Comment on the RPG Fan boards to voice your thoughts. Uh, review us on iTunes and your various podcasting listening venues. Uh, visit RPG Fan on Facebook and and comment on any of the. Uh, on the articles or threads there. Uh, but if you want to message Peter or I directly, Peter, how can fans reach you? Uh, fans can reach me, um, uh, PeterT at RPGFan.com or by email. Um, on Twitter at I Have Fury. I'm also I Have Fury on the boards. All right, and I am Monsoon on the boards. My RPG Fan email is my last name, Solosi at RPGFan.com. And on Twitter, I am at the real Monsoon most of the time, and at Evoker for Dogs when I am blathering on about Common Rider. I love the fact that you have a you have a separate Twitter account just for lengthy diatribes on uh, on Sentai. <laughs> yeah, just because I know I know people that follow me normally on Twitter do not need to hear me uh, geek out about Japanese superheroes. So I I my I have my dumpster Twitter just for just for things like that. <laughs> dumpster Twitter. I love yeah, it. And, uh, um, the current Sentai is all right, but I think the current Common Rider is one of the better se- series of the 2010s. So yeah, um, I, the current series season of Common Rider gets a thumbs up from me so oh, what is there anything else to talk about uh oh i guess next week we're going to be starting our dragon quest 5 episodes i'll be on those and a couple people joining me will have never been on a uh retro encounter episode before so that'll be fun and, and that's one of my favorite uh one of my favorite super nintendo or 90s rpgs ever so I'll, I'm, i will not be able to say a bad thing about it which you know is good and bad but yeah that game's great and we'll start it next week it is a really good game. That mm. might be the best Dragon Quest game. Five and eight are the two that I keep going back to as the, as the best ones. So, I think that's about it, Peter. Yeah, I think that's about it, too. All right. Thanks, everyone, again. Good night and good luck. <laughs>